This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Isaac Itzroni of ImprintGenius.com. Isaac, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Seth. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How'd you get started? Yeah, so I started my company actually in my dorm room, freshman year of college, um, about seven years ago now. Uh, started uh, actually not doing exactly what I'm doing right now. I started with a uh, you know humble little product. So I have you ever seen those little fans that plug into your phone? Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, imagine you're in like Gainesville, Florida, the absolute swamp, uh, summer bee semester. Uh, it's incredibly hot. I brought one of these little fans to a party and I had all these people coming up to me asking me, oh my God, when you get that, that's the coolest thing ever. And I was just telling people, oh yeah, I just get them on like AliExpress or like a dollar. And by the fifth person, I was kind of, you know, like, okay, maybe there's a little business here. So I started telling people that I sell them. I'm Isaac the fan guy, completely made it up, you know, got a bunch of people's numbers uh, and then ordered 100 fans and started to bring the fans to kind of the parties and to sell the people to make some extra beer money. Um, that grew into, you know, a, a massive, a relatively large company uh, specializing in the cell phone fans. Everyone thought there were all these articles about how I invented the cell phone fan. I never said I did, but hey, people were writing about it. Uh, we, and then we started to expand into uh, the corporate gifting space and promotional product space because it wasn't it, the product wasn't in the, in the industry yet. So it was very cool and unique, right? If a company was selling it because it wasn't an industry, they can only get it through us. We're the only company selling it. Now it was, it was this cool, trendy product that could be given away at trade shows. Um, and over the years, that expanded into, you know, full-blown promotion products company. We were the fastest growing promo company in the entire industry in 2020. Uh, we built out our own technology platform uh, for distributing merchandise. And now we have a full, you know, overseas supply chain and we have a 
uh, sourcing arm of the, the company. So, uh, yeah, everything kind of just started from, you know, the little cell phone fan at the college party. That is awesome. Congratulations on all your success. I'm sure the longer version of that story could probably be in a book somewhere if it isn't already. Talk about what you took the risk. You bought your first hundred fans. You sold them just one-on-one person to person. Yeah. I mean, started off just one-on-one, sold them about a week, in about a week. And all my friends started seeing me like, talk to girls and make some extra money at parties, you know, selling these fans. So all my friends started to want to sell them as well. Um, and then, you know, you know, in the next few months, I had like 20 kids selling them all around campus. Uh, then we were selling them online through e-commerce and kind of just built the whole business out of it. Awesome. Well, I love that you got other people selling for you. That's terrific. Now, when, what inspired you to, how do you go from being the fan guy to being in the corporate gifting space? That seems like a big leap. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, with any kind of business, it's all about, you know, constantly evolving and, and you know, changing your business model based on, you know, what you're learning within the market. So I know I had a promotion product market when I got into the business. Um but I was able to learn relatively quickly and learn that there was an opportunity. Um, so how it grew was that now we have a whole book of business of all these companies buying our, our fan and a company started to ask us like, is this the only product you guys sell? Cause it's not that normal. You know, sometimes companies sell a variety of promotional products. So um, my background is in product sourcing. Um, I was selling gadgets just like this all through like middle school, high school, um, and my, my family's in manufacturing. So I knew how to source products, how to order stuff. So I was like, oh, I can think of a bunch of cool, unique products. I might be able to, you know, slap a logo on and sell a promotional product that might be like out of the box. So original logo was a broken pen. It was very like anti, you know, industry. And, uh, and we kind of just grew from there. That is incredible. Now, the corporate gifting space is ferociously competitive and highly commoditized. How do you differentiate yourself? How do you stand out? Yeah, so we do that in a couple of ways. So one is we built out our own app that allows for us to build fully on-demand swag stores. Uh, what that means is we're building out an online storefront where we can have essentially unlimited product variety for people to be able to go pick out swag, um, have it redeemed and then ship directly to their house anywhere in the world. So um, there are other people that do swag stores, but our sheer product offering and kind of solution changes the mindset of, of how, or the concept of how swag is gifted. Traditionally, when you're doing corporate gifting, you're gifted a specific item if you want it or not, right? And what happens there is that a lot of people get items they don't really want and the items end up in the trash. But if you're able to give people the option between, you know, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 items to pick from, they'll be able to find that exact product as if they're shopping on Amazon, but customized with the company's logo on it. The items then produce on demand, so there's no additional waste or inventory or items getting stale and it's shipped directly to them. So that's one main way that we differentiate. And the other way is that we have a very different supply chain comparatively to a lot of other promotional product companies. So we do a ton of production direct. So I traveled all around Asia for eight months, visiting all kinds of factories, uh, building out you know more of a retail-based supply chain for these products. So 
what that allows us to do is go factory direct. So we have hyper competitive pricing at high volume, and then we have a lot of retail grade factories. So what, that, what does that mean? Well, a lot of times with promotional products, you're kind of getting a subpar. You know, you're getting that that water bottle or that polo is not necessarily something that you would see like a major brand going and selling. But we're able to go and work directly with the factories and produce these super high end, fully customized product that you would see, you know, in a high end store and then offer that as a kind of corporate gift or giveaway. And that allows us to, again, there's 20,000 promotional product distributors in the U.S., but, you know, adding tech, adding improved supply chain, you know, just helps us be a little bit different and stand out. What inspired you to build the tech? Most people uh, in the tech, was, most people in the corporate gifting and promotional product space don't wake up one day and go, I'm going to build some disruptive technology in this industry. They think this is the way it's always been done. This is the way we just keep doing it. We just do online stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think part of it was me being young. And, you know, when you start a company in college, you start getting involved with lots of different like startup organizations and fellowships and stuff like that. So everyone around me is like starting tech companies and SaaS platforms and all this stuff. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess we should have a tech angle too. So that was one reason, right. To, to be honest. And then the other way was just, I, it, there it wasn't, there's only out there in the market. So we realized that if we really want to differentiate ourselves, we need to sell based off of a solution and technology and not based on product or price. Um, and so, you know, when you're going and you're selling to a major company and you're like, hey, use us to be your promotional products vendor, they'll be like, oh, we already have a vendor, right? Because you're just another vendor. But if you're going, you're selling, hey, implement our technology, right? Now it's a completely another conversation. Now you can kind of get around that rejection and potentially take over the entire swag program from a company. Um, so it, it was kind of like a necessity. It was like, how can we scale and get the biggest companies the fastest? Who is an ideal client for you? Uh, ideal client is between about 5,000, I'm sorry, 500 and 15,000 employees. So like not like super enterprise, but like, you know, mid-market to enterprise level uh, where they're doing enough volume and enough, um, enough like complex supply chain where we can really step in and add, you know, some cost savings some supply chain efficiencies, um, some, some real automation with our different integrations with like Salesforce, HubSpot, uh, you know, Workday, all that kind of stuff. How do you get in the door at a company of that kind of size? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, we do a lot of, of it, like uh, intent-driven ads. So a lot of Google ads and search-based ads. Uh, where people are actively looking for, you know, a company swag store solution or a swag fulfillment solution. Um, so we'll get a lot of big leads from that. Uh, the other way is going to be through uh, referrals uh, to organizations. You know, people hear about us from, or they move different from company to company. They had the solution at one company, now they moved over. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you get lucky, you know, sales rep goes and meets someone at a conference, this or that, someone's uncle works at this company. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. And talk a little bit about um, the team that you've built. Yeah. So uh, pretty global team. So we got, obviously we have some, our team members in the U S uh, we have our dev team in India and we have a full team in the Philippines. I actually just got back from the Philippines, got to meet my team there, had a fantastic retreat with them. It, it was really, really cool. 
Uh, you know, a lot of people have been working with them for over three years, and now we're able to kind of get all together and meet face to face. Well, that is awesome. How do you manage a team that's all over the world? How do you create culture? And how do you keep people engaged when they're on a computer all day? Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely tricky. Um, but I think it's I think it's hard if you, for example, if we were like, but because we used to be, we used to have our office in the U.S. and our team was very split. We had the U.S. team and we had the Philippines team, and it felt like there were two separate cultures um, and two separate. There was a real separation in in, in the teams. Uh, but then when when we moved to full remote within like the U.S. team as well, we were able to kind of level the playing field. Everyone was remote, right? So it wasn't like we were had like the a conference room and then everyone else on the screen right now everyone's in the zoom meeting so then we're doing lots more games and events and ev- everyone kind of got a lot more comfortable with the, the full online piece um i'd say that you, you have to build you have to understand culture differently especially when you're dealing with philippines versus the u.s uh but you know me being able to go to the philippines learn a lot about the culture learn about how the management style and allow um that the, the team in the Philippines as well to build their own culture internally. I, I know I just explained it saying that it's not, it, it needs to be all together, but if you can build, at least when you're doing overseas talent, if you can build like a microcosm where they can talk in their native language and, and you can have a host events themselves and they can build some camaraderie there that helps unify the whole team together. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Um, biggest challenge now, you know, I think it's it's always we're trying to scale, bring on, you know, more really smart people, um, finding like the right people to join the team. Because it's like we're bringing people on from like the industry, but you bring people on from the industry and sometimes they have very antiquated ideas of like how things are supposed to work. And we're very against that right? Where like, we're trying to really innovate, but then you have, or you bring people on from like outside industry and there's a lot of complexity with like how these programs run and how to sell into these large organizations, all that kind of stuff. So I'd say that's probably like the, the biggest struggle we're having right now is just finding really, really good fits as, as we, as we grow and scale. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Uh, I really love being able to create physical product um, and like create experiences around that. I think we're, we're in the very digital world, but there's so much that goes into like that experience of someone getting something really amazing and being able to kind of facilitate that, that from A to Z, um, you know, being able to go to an event where we did all the merchandise or whatever it is. And like seeing people's face light up, like that still really excites me. For sure if you could go back in time and give yourself advice, what would you tell your younger self? Ooh, what would I tell my younger self? I think I would tell myself to, um, I guess, build the, the technology earlier and try to focus more, even if, even if I had to, because what was happening earlier on as a younger self is I was spreading myself very thin. And, and because of that, I would have to rely on a lot of other partners and, and rely on a lot of other people. 
And if you are reliant on too many third parties and then you are trying to provide a really, really good solution, it becomes slightly out of your control, right? So being able to control as much of the overall process and have more control on the overall delivery would have saved a lot of headaches and I think gotten us to success faster. You talked about both the changing trends, obviously in the industry itself, and then the marketing of the company. How do you stay on top of all of that? Uh, it's definitely tricky, right? I mean, I mean going to conferences um, is like one thing to like stay on top of trends, really understand what's going on. Um, you know, not only am I going to the conferences like for promotional products, I, I just spent three weeks in China, right? The Canton Fair, you know, seeing all the coolest, most unique products that, you know, are, are hitting the market now. Um, so that's how I try to stay on top of things. And then also, you know, looking at parallels, you know, looking at other industries that operate similarly and seeing what really cool companies are doing within that from like a marketing perspective. And then seeing, you know, okay, if this company works similarly or this industry works similarly, can, I could probably apply a very similar marketing strategy in our industry as well. Um, and I, I think that that's a, it's a, it's a pretty strong strategy. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just get more creative with it. Absolutely. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. For our folks watching and listening, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you um, and the company? Yeah, so you can go to imprintgenius.com to learn more about the company. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to thesourcingguy.com. Uh, that's my blog where I talk about sourcing and supply chain and you know, have a bunch of you know, free education for people that want to you know, learn how to source products themselves, go overseas, start a company, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Well, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Isaac Hetroni from Imprint Genius. Isaac, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 888 2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.